Hello and welcome to the Creation Theatre podcast. Um, I'm here in the rehearsal room for Dracula. It's uh, day two of our kind of second phase of rehearsals. Um, I'm with the director, Helen Tennyson. Hello, Helen. Hello. So how how was today? How's it going? Today was very good, actually. Uh, yeah, it's going well. It's really nice to be back in the rehearsal room. Um, we have this great process where we rehearse for a week at the beginning of the year and we've had some time off and we've come back together and it... Um, it works very well, actually, because it gives everybody time to uh, reflect on the process and the characterizations. and there's a lot of ideas that sink in and develop in the gap in between. So it's a bit like buying extra time. It's as though you have a longer rehearsal period. It, it works really well. Um, so it's been exciting to start the project again and see the, the lovely work that the actors are doing and how much they've brought to it. Yeah, because I guess it's... At this point, with like just over a week to go, it's about making making choices, like sort of cl- not closing down, but from everything you could possibly mm-hmm, do, mm-hmm. trying to actually decide, okay, what do we think is the best way to tell this bit or the best way for that character to move from there to there? Or Absolutely, yeah. Like... It's about lots of details, and those details work on in two different ways. They're the details of the kind of psychological choices, the motivations of the characters, mm-hmm. the relationships between the two, and really uh, drawing out... The most those the most important aspects of their journey and the and the key journey in this production of Dracula is the relationship between Jonathan and Mina mm-hmm. and really everything hinges around those two characters and we decided to do that because uh, it's a two person production so it's, and it's based on that relationship with Jonathan and Mina and so with those two people uh, you want to explore that dynamic and we're looking at all the other characters that they play. Um, in order to tell the story of Dracula, um, are reflections of repressed parts of their selves, of their psychology, of their personality. So the play really functions on two levels. You can watch it uh, purely as a retelling and exploration of the Dracula story with these two actors that are doing this incredible multi-role and very talented actors in the way they change. And there's a real theatrical joy in being able to see two actors that can do that, that can change that rapidly and Mm. that effectively. Um, But you could also watch it as a kind of psychological exploration of the relationship between a couple um, and the other characters as aspects of themselves that they've uh, repressed um, which ties into the the kind of shadow self and also the sexual self and all those things that vampires represent and the reason we love vampires and find them so exciting because they represent all those kind of outrageous sides of ourselves that we sometimes think we're not allowed to have. <laughs> that we can see and not see. And so how much how much does it matter to you having made this sort of complex piece that has yeah. these two layers? And I often I like it's not sort of uncommon to say, well, there's there's a thing that's happening and yeah. then there's a thing that is also, you know, the kind of subtext and what we're all watching and we yeah. don't know we're watching. Like, how much do you want the audience to be aware of... Of the subject? Yeah. Or and, of the... Both and if they just walk out and, and, and follow the story of Dracula mm-hmm. and love the story of Dracula and then it was about vampires... Do you want, how obvious, I guess, do you aim to be with that kind of, it's also about this? Mm-hmm. Or do you want it to be felt but not known? Oh, yeah, that's a really good question. <laughs> I think different people will experience it different ways mm-hmm. because uh, I, I, think, uh, I think there's, hopefully, in all good theatre, there's always space for the audience's 
interpretation, i.e. the audience's participation. Audiences aren't just yeah. passive. And I think that's why people like theatre is because they're actively engaged in the act of creation because their imaginations are engaged. So hopefully there's space still for their imaginations to be engaged. And as long as there's that space, there's space for people to interpret it the way they choose to interpret it so people get from it what they want to get from it. Um, I guess it can depend what you come in knowing as well. Yes. I often feel with that with, with the Shakespeare's from that creation does that if you if you know if you don't if you've never seen Hamlet and you came mm-hmm. to see our Hamlet two summers ago, you probably left with the story of Hamlet because yeah. it's a really compelling story and the amazing actors and actor Chris who's in this was Hamlet and there was a really kind of the sort of the basic level of it was really exciting and yeah. really kind of cool. But if you have seen Hamlet ten times and and you and you know your friends dragged you along and you're like oh Hamlet again, there's also something for you to watch. If you're really familiar with the Dracula story, mm-hmm. there'll be something in. I guess that's part of the kind of part of a creation show. There'll be something in our version which isn't just reading the book or absolutely anything yeah. you've ever seen before. So whereas it, I mean, if you don't have any prior knowledge, yeah. I think we're going to really. Um, not wrongfoot's the wrong word because that, that sounds like malicious but we're going to surprise people who think this happened with Jekyll and Hyde who think that they're coming in for Cape and Fangs and a gothic yeah. sort of castle because actually if you from the book that's not the story it's about this kind of clerk who gets swept up in this world absolutely I think we're going to like mess with people's minds a bit good <laughs> uh, yeah theatre should do that yeah. theatre should do that yeah the book is exactly. is uh, well, I think it's still true to the spirit of the book, but you yeah. can never... I mean, it's a difficult job to adapt a whole book and a yeah. whole novel. And it would always be... Whenever you're doing any form of adaptation, you're always taking some aspect of it and exploring that mm. more fully than other aspects. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's what we're doing <laughs> i think the story of dracula as well you're you're adapting well you know what we've started with is adapting the book yeah but what most people are walking into the room with is a kind of folk history knowledge of True. vampires and twilight and you yes. know loads of things that are about vampires but that aren't sort of really related to the dracula kind that's, of the original i think so, that's true yeah there's so much uh yeah it's a, a real image symbol popular culture thing yeah. the vampire um but hopefully we've got some of that too because I think yeah. that's part of you know our attraction to vampires like I was saying earlier is that they they represent uh, parts of our ourselves and uh, and our relationship to our mortality our relationship to our sexuality yeah. um, and that is very much present within popular culture of vampires within within the novel and within our production it's it's all about that it's all about the characters relationships to that aspect of themselves and whether they try and repress that or whether they allow themselves to own that and enjoy that yeah (laughs) right and so um Helen, Helen's got quite a creation pedigree, really. Yeah. Like, you've been... Well, I've got 2011, I reckon, is Tales from King James. Yes. My second ever creation show, your first ever creation show. Oh, <laughs> That's wow. rude, we're like contemporaries. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's Tales from King James, which was like a, another two-hander, actually, but that was based on the King James Bible, which mm-hmm. was amazing storytelling, beautiful venue at St Barnabas. Yes. Then Dancing Cleopatra at the Anthony Strange. and Cleopatra, yeah. And then the Christmas show, so in Banbury, Alice in the various colleges and parks, like... And this, that's quite, that's quite a spread. Like, what's the, what, does something unite them? What unites them? What's your, yeah. what's the thing that is a Helen Tennyson show? Oh, that's, that's good. Yes, because they are all very, <laughs> yeah. very different shows. 
Well, I think the thing that is a Helen Tennyson show is actually quite similar to what is a creation show in that they're all quite classic stories but looked at from a new angle mm. and uh, they all have a very strong visual identity as well as exploring the psychology and, and having layers of meaning. I like multi-layered mm. things. That excites me. Um, you're quite. Uh, I would think of, um, of of a Helen show as having kind of beautiful movement, not as in kind of choreography and dance routines. But your is your train is your training in physical theatre or this yes. that like yeah. everybody does everything with purpose and with intention. I think they really sort of understand the physicality of, of each of the characters. Oh, is that's that your, nice. That's is that your good. training coming to bear? Or yes, I think so. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I did start off as a dancer, but I also worked in physical theatre. Mm for uh, a long time as an actor. I had a physical theatre company and it was through devised physical theatre that I moved into directing. Um, so that physical aspect of storytelling is really important to me. And I, and I, yeah, so I would have that within all of my productions. And I think also it's really, for me, it's really important that theatre is theatrical and it does things that film and TV can't do, which doesn't mean not real and not motivated. <laughs> yeah. But there are ways that you can engage the imagination and you can engage the physical uh, space and the actor's body within that physical space that are purely theatrical and really exciting and magical and tell the story on an emotional, visceral and symbolic level. <laughs> I sound so. I mean, it's just a, just a, a small That's, job, a couple of days rehearsal. Yeah. Um, but you, so we've we've got you like literally hot off the plane from the states, right? So yes. you've been working in Florida. In Florida. I was just directing the Crucible in Florida, which was really exciting, and we. Which uh, is like here, you've got two actors. And yeah. It's a, it's a university production, so presumably. I had nineteen actors. Yeah. yeah so it was very different. It's very different, and it, it, I mean, it's a great play and a very political play, which is very exciting at these times. Mm-hmm. But yeah, making pictures with nineteen people, mm-hmm. um, and we set it uh, in the kind of near future, near future dystopia version of the same uh, of the Salem witch trials, which. Uh, yeah, it was really exciting. But on that, I was also working with Matt, who's the sound designer for Creation, and Ava, who will be doing the projections for Dracula. So, uh, so actually, even though it's a very different play, and I had a huge cast, there's a the visual. There's still a similarity in the visual aesthetic mm. because I was working with two people that I love collaborating with yeah. in, in Ava and Matt. And I'm really, really excited in Dracula as well about the integration of the sound and and the projection visuals, which is kind of the next step, really, next week when we get into tech to see how those those integrate. Maybe it was you. Maybe I'm about to repeat yourself back to you. but but, um, (laughs) So we've done... This will be our third show working with Ava. um, And there's something which I I think... And Matt with the sound and Ash, our kind of regular uh, lighting designer... It's it's about integrating the technology, so it feels plausible. So mm-hmm. it's magic because it, it's it's you can t- you can make a you know a, a light pink and you can make a creaky door sound, and it's obvious. You can see the gaps, and so the the real like genius of of Ava and Matt Nash is making it integrate with the world of the show. Like yeah, it, and and I think because we're talking to Giles about this um, on the last episode um, that that Ava has this kind of, like, way of fitting together the the um, 
the kind of tech stuff, the kind of which can be quite fragmented and quite yeah. quite sort of um, like bitty and practical. Mm-hmm. And then going, how do we put the kind of creativity and the vision into that? Um, mm-hmm. Which is totally the kind of challenge that we're stepping up to for this show to it, see if yeah. they could, if real life actors can interact plausibly with with a projected mm-hmm. friend or vampire or whatever. Like, well, she's ex- extraordinary in her ability to integrate yeah. the the visuals into the show. They're an integral part of the piece, and they and yeah, it, interesting. Having just said, I like doing theatre. That is definitely theatre, and wouldn't be film or TV. <laughs> and then working with a, yeah. a projectionist. But the way that she uses projection is specifically for live theatre, yeah. and it's it it is the magic of theatre. Even though it's projection, it's quite wonderful that interaction between live and, and projection, and it does add a, a whole other layer. Yeah, she's brilliant. Yeah, she's absolutely it's going to be so fun because I think this kind of gothic sort of horror mm. genre is um is often what people suggest if we're sort of saying you know if you say at a networking thing you're from creation people start listing titles they want you to do and often at like a hound of the baskervilles or dracula or frankenstein but the the block usually with that genre is how are you scary how can you possibly be scary mm, yeah. with like you know fangs and a cloak but i think that partly they're kind of going for mm-hmm. real kind of truth and and realism with the human actors mm. and then if you have got technology on your side to be able to make something creep or a whooshing sound or a light flicker mm-hmm. just to freak people out yeah bit. like you've got to i think that technology can can sort of do that magic side yes um, it can really without being cheesy yeah. yeah exactly yeah. um right so we are what yeah as i said earlier like a, a week out and a few weeks into rehearsal so how how have we got to here like from from your perspective what's the What's the evolution of the project? That's, oh, that gosh. means Huge. Yeah, yeah. Huge. there's been so much. So it started a very, very long time ago. So it started with, um, with Lucy Askew saying, um, what do you think about doing a two-person Dracula in, in Blackwells? Mm. Um, and that, that was really the beginning. <laughs> and, uh, and from there, I worked with Kate, who is an incredible writer, and uh, she wrote the Christmas shows and Alice and, and stuff, and she's just won a big prize as well yes. for writing, so she's marvellous. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I worked with her and went to her, and we started talking about, well, if it's, if it's two actors, let's make it f- focused on a two-person relationship mm-hmm. so, the, so the form and the content are, are the same, or have a relationship. And so then Kate and I and Lucy had conversations really about what what we were gonna what part of Dracula we were telling how we were gonna tell Dracula what was our uh, how were we going to adapt the novel for two people and what story do we tell um, and which is where we came up with the idea of it being uh, about what vampires represent as the shadow self and about the relationship between two people the two actors and and so that's how we kind of came up with the form and then. It, Kate has also worked with Ava before, so has that advantage of understanding her work and how her work fits uh, into the overall concept. So that idea of the projections was really written into the script from the start. There was an awareness that uh, some characters would be met more via technology than than via live actors. Mm-hmm. And we've, so we were able to talk from the very beginning about how that worked. 
And then we were very fortunate in doing a little bit of workshopping with early stages of the script. So um, the Alice cast, who are around here all <laughs> summer, they workshopped early stages of the script and ideas that, that Kate and I had, and that fed into Kate's brilliant writing. Um, and then, yeah, and then we were in, in rehearsal with, with the script. <laughs> here we are. And here it's we a, are. I think it's a, an interesting balancing act of what who is the director, what is the director in the process, because I think your um, a kind of sort of cultural idea would be that the director is the, the kind of omnipotent, all-seeing, all-decision-making person. And I don't, think, I don't think I've ever worked with a director who does that, like, my word is the law, and I've had an idea, and we're all just going to <laughs> toe the line. You know, like, it's, it's surprising, I think. It, I found it surprising, with all the directors I've worked with, to, to, to sort of look at that you're, you're curating, really, and you're mm. kind of... You're sort of encouraging people, and and yeah, it's a oh, much absolutely. More... It's well, theatre is completely uh, about how you work with other people and who, mm. who you work with them, and facilitating uh, everybody's ideas. If it was just my ideas, it would be a very limited. Well, no, hope it would be a very limited show. It would be a more limited show. And yeah. um, I think I, you you bring two people's ideas together, and you get something that's greater than two people. Yeah. You know, the the end result is greater than the sum of the parts. If you all work together yeah. well, and you all integrate ideas, it, it makes sense. That but often you... yours is the your role is the kind of provocation to sort of say. I was thinking of this, or this is how I see it. How does that manifest? Or you know, like if you're yeah. going back and forth on the script, then it's there is a there is a sort of like well, it, too many cooks. You know, like it would just be a disaster if everyone had equal say. That's oh, why we have a yes. director. No, we have thoughts can... about the ideas and the structure, but then yeah. she, I mean, she writes it and she's written yeah. an incredible script. And actually, yeah. it's interesting having spent so much time, you know, reading it in the early stages, but now being in rehearsal with it, I'm like, wow. She put that in as well. I hadn't <laughs> noticed is. that when I read it earlier. And yeah. it's so, so clever and so tight, her writing. It's really quite incredible yeah. what she's... Because you've got all these people that. who could, like, and, you know, and with, like, sound design and with sourcing props, you've got all these people who who can do something that you can't do. Absolutely. Like, it's a sort of... It's a, it's a massive, amazing power and absolute powerlessness being the director because... You've, you've deliberately assembled a team who are better than you at certain things. Certain things, yeah, absolutely. So that you have to just delegate and go, can you make this sound a bit more spooky or a bit older? Like, oh, yes, <laughs> so I do lots of making funny noises and yeah, saying, can you more... do that? Um, yeah. yeah, and it's brilliant and exciting. It's exciting what other people can do. Um, it's the same... You know, like yesterday, Ryan was in and trying the costumes on the actors, and they just look amazing. So they look gorgeous, and the colour palette, and then that really inspires me. So, I mean, the joy of all good collaboration is that what uh, is that it feeds in every, everything that everybody does relates to everybody else, and I, and and what what everybody you know what Ryan brings in in the costumes then inspires me with ideas to work with the actors and to take that further into the play the sound that Matt makes inspires me for ideas with the actors etc etc um, so yeah the director's job is a lot about listening and mm. to other people's ideas and knowing how to make the most of them and, and bring them together so a big part of the director's job of course is having that overall vision so that everything is in the same world makes mm. sense tells the same story and and leads towards the same results so um, clarity of storytelling is really really important is a really important part of the director's job so you have to take all those ingredients and make sure they work together in the right places and in the right way and they're all saying the same thing at the same time um, 
But yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, not, not loads to do. You'll be fine. No. Um, and so what I um, also asked Giles this, what does, what does the rest of the week look like for you? Where, what, what have we got? We're, we're kind of, we've got a, a few more days rehearsal and then yes. next week goes a bit different. Well, so this uh, week is very much... Uh, I, I focused well daytime's focused on being with the actors and in the rehearsal room evenings focused on uh, well when I finish this I'll be going through sound with Matt um, I don't Ava and I are on email um, so evenings focused on thinking time <laughs> thinking time talking time planning time uh, emailing time uh, and then next week we'll be moving into tech which will be really exciting in terms of bringing all the elements together yeah and then that's when everyone turns up in my mind that's when like it sort of goes from being quite quiet this week to suddenly lots of people kind of all plugging things in and, and yes uh, well and it's, working through it's stuff. not it's it's only quiet on the surface this yeah. week. <laughs> yeah. it's not it's yeah. not quiet behind the, the scenes audience. it's crazy busy um. Yeah, cool. Well, I will let you go and uh, go through sound. Thank you very much. Um, hopefully I'll try and nab you at some point in a week's time. Yeah, and great. And see where we yeah. get to. All right, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Creation Theatre podcast. You can find more episodes and all the latest creation news at creationtheatre.co.uk. Thank you.